Hello, I'm Hannah Heading and you're listening to Well Worn Pod, the show all about style, sustainability and secondhand. Hello, lovely listener. Welcome back to Well Worn Pod. Thank you so much for being here. Today on the show, I'm joined by Cheryl Mudge, also known on Instagram as Mum the kids and the wardrobe. Cheryl has turned her passion for treasure hunting into an Instagram shop, building a community of like-minded thrift fanatics. Cheryl, boho style queen that you are, thank you so much for being here on the show. To kick us off, could you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do. I'm Cheryl. I'm a mum of three little ones mm-hmm. and a wife. Um, I My um, other job is as a social worker, yeah. I do that part-time and then this little side hustle that's growing. <laughs> oh, my goodness, it's grown. I was just having a troll through your Instagram before we jumped on. Over 10,000 people on the mum, the kids and the wardrobe page. That's incredible. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, it's a good feeling when you realise other people are loving what you're putting down. Love that. Super special. I want to talk about your love of op shopping and secondhand and treasure hunting and all of that good stuff. Is it something that you've done for a really long time? What's your earliest memory of shopping secondhand? Yeah, I was thinking about this when I read um, the question, trying to think of back to my first memory. So I think it was at car boot sales. I grew up in England in a tiny little town. Uh, and we'd go with my mum to car boot sales. So it would be like mm-hmm. on a school oval and you'd go through, literally go through people's car boots. Oh, it's literal car boots. Yeah, yeah, literally car boots. So I know they do it. You can go to them now, but it's more of like a market type thing. I haven't. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've seen a car boot sale, like a traditional car boot yeah. sale here anywhere. I'm sure they, they exist, but I haven't yeah. seen any. But I think with op shopping, it would be as a teenager, that would be my first memories. Were you still over in the UK at that point? Uh, so I came here when just when I was about nine years old. Yeah, so I loved all different styles and I loved that you could just go into an op shop and um, you never know, never knew what you were going to find. I still love lots and lots of different styles. Yeah, so the fact that you could just go in, not know what you were going to find, mix and match stuff, not be sort of defined by one style. Mm-hmm. I think what I loved as a teen was like the grunge style. So I remember buying a band T-shirts. You'd always find the best band T-shirts. Yeah. Yeah, stuff like that. Oh, so much fun. I bet if you had all of that good stuff that you'd accumulated over the years in a room, it would just be full of treasure. Oh, yeah. Well, I've already got a room. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I bet you do. Do you have things that you've had for years and years and years or have you kind of cycled through things? Uh, not, Not really. I'm not really a hoarder. As I said before, coming out from England, we literally had one box or like a small amount of things Mm. each so what that taught me is not to hang on to things and to sort of um, yeah be picky of what you keep Mm. there are some things that I would still like to have I'd love to have some of my mum's clothing from the 70s and even my dad's he had the best flares amazing so you got your start at car boot sales as a kid and then 
you started op shopping as a teen. Why is it something that is still a really big part of your life now? What do you love about it? There's lots of things that I love about it. I love that it's not supporting the big corporations. Mm. I love that you can find so much cool stuff and you know it doesn't cost you a fortune. Yeah. I like as I said before that you never know what you're going to find, so the surprise element um it's it's a real thrill when you you know you you might spend a long time going through the racks and then find something really amazing. That's mm. a real buzz for me. It always yeah. has been. I would agree. I love that too getting a bargain and the thrill of the chase, I think, are some of the highlights. And those two things kind of coming together is just the best (laughs) when you find something great and you didn't have to pay very much for it. That's my favourite thing. Absolutely. And my kids love it now as well. They've just grown up um, op shopping with me. Yeah. They might be something that they really want and they'll know now, you know, their first point of call will be to try and find it pre-loved and I love I love that that they're yeah growing up in that environment to look for something pre-loved first mm. we have a motto like don't spend as much on things and we spend on adventure yeah like we sort of save on yeah. things such as clothing and um, you know we'll save our money for going on trips, going on adventures or even like day trips, you know, smaller things as Mm. well. Such a great value to instill and teaching that the things that already have been made and exist still have value and worth and that we can reuse them over and over again. We don't have to look to something new as our first point of call. I think that that's really great. Yeah. You mentioned that one of the reasons that you loved op shopping growing up is because you were interested in so many different types of styles did you ever kind of narrow it down because when I see your feed and the types of things that you sell and curate and find I instantly think bohemian it's very dreamy and earthy and I love it would you describe your style like that or do you think it's a bit different yeah thank you for loving my style um (laughs) so I think yeah my heart is definitely with that boho sort of hippie sort of style um that's I think what suits me that's what I Mm -hmm. love wearing that's what I feel most comfortable in but I still there's lots of other styles and things that I love like I love I still love like a grungy sort of style Mm. I like um like edgy sort of vintage bright colorful stuff you know like what you're seeing like places like Gorman now like really Mm. bright you know, the big, bright, bold colours. But, yeah, my favourite is definitely the bohemian sort of style. And I think I've had the um, I'm the kids in the wardrobe for about three years yeah. now and I think it's taken that amount of time to sort of find that niche. Yeah. Even though I was confident in that's what I loved. Like at first I, it was so mixed and I guess it was determined by what I found Mm. but now that style is is really determining how I source Mm. which has made that a whole lot easier as well I've become really good at leaving things behind Mm. and just being ruthless I think in my own wardrobe and in sourcing for my business so yeah which I would imagine is half of the skill is not just being able to find the good stuff to sell but knowing what not to sell to have a really clear idea about what it is that you're doing and what yeah. and who your store is for when it comes to your style then if you are kind of sticking to that sort of boho inspiration do you have any style icons that you feel really inspired by yeah I love Nina Proudman from 
offspring. Oh my gosh. She's my favorite. Wow. I love that show and I love her style. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. I really, I've always sort of loved that style, but after that show, I just felt so inspired. Mm. You know, the way they put her outfits together with the jeans and the floaty tops and the dresses, it just gave me a whole renewed sense of passion for that sort of style. Oh, my goodness. For anyone who's listening who has no idea what we're on about, Offspring is a brilliant Australian television show starring Asha Ketty and she plays Nina Proudman and her wardrobe is just amazing. It's so, so good. Wow. I'm going to have to like find pictures of that to include on Instagram when this episode goes up because you've just, you've inspired me with your style like (laughs) on right there. I share pictures of her regularly because I actually miss her. You know, I think when you, that's, the sign of a good show is when you miss the cast afterwards. But totally. I've rewatched it about at least five times, oh. but I, I feel like she was my friend or something. Oh man, I'm going to be thinking about that now. I'm going to have to go find that on some sort of streaming platform because that's such a good show. Amazing style icon. Anyone else that kind of comes to mind for you? Mm, I like like you know musicians Stevie Nicks. Yeah, cool. Um, Janice Joplin, that sort of 70s gypsy sort of style. Mm-hmm. I like how they could, they mixed the, you know, the lace with the big floaty skirts and they just showed us that you can just wear whatever you, wear whatever you want. I like their ability mm. to mix it up and not be defined by a certain style, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. I love that. I think that that's a sentiment that I hear a lot in chatting with people about shopping secondhand is this idea that if you go into a traditional retailer, especially, you know, a fast fashion brand or something like that, you're presented with a limited number of options. And essentially, if you choose an outfit from that store, they've decided what it is that you're going to look like and what you're going to wear. You just head in and choose a size off the rack. Whereas if you're opting to shop secondhand, the possibilities are endless, right? You get to be really creative and determine for yourself what it is that you want to be dressed in. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. You just reminded me actually what we were talking about before is op shopping as a teen. I remember, um, this little ensemble it was like a leopard print skirt and um and this orange bright orange t-shirt and then this blue orange jacket actually it sounds awful (laughs) but I thought that it it was the coolest thing ever and I put my blue converse on yeah I thought that it was the most amazing outfit ever that sounds fantastic oh my goodness (laughs) I love hearing about those style moments especially from teen years when you just felt like you looked amazing and maybe in retrospect, maybe you did, maybe you didn't, but you felt just so good in your outfit. I have one like that as well. I remember op shopping wasn't a thing in my family growing up. I didn't kind of come to it until maybe middle school. But a little bit before that, I would have been maybe eight or nine and I remember we had an event, just like a casual lots of families coming together, barbecue sort of thing. And I remember being so considered about putting my outfit together and I chose this bright blue tank top and these almost matching in colour 
bright blue three-quarter cropped capri type pants and I had a little crossbody bag with like it was um, almost like a see-through a plastic essentially little circle crossbody bag with a car print on it and then I had that classic 90s you know those stretchy chokers I had one one of those stretchy chokers around my neck (laughs) I had butterfly clips in my hair a stretchy choker around my neck and one around my arm as well and I just it stands out as such a moment I remember saying to my mum you have to take a photo of me in this like look (laughs) at my outfit do you understand um I've got to include a photo of it sometime on Instagram because it's just so funny I'd love to see it it's it's awful it there's no part of it that looks good at all but I just remember feeling <laughs> so great. Although I will say yours sounds a little more sophisticated with, was it a leopard print skirt? That's amazing. It was, yeah, like a fluffy leopard print skirt. Oh, it was fluffy? I think I was about 15, 14 or 15 years old, yeah. A style icon in the making. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know what it looks like when you go out op shopping. If you have yep. a whole day to op shop take me through it. Where are you going? How do you approach it? Are you the type of person who has to go through absolutely everything in the op shop or do you scan the room and head straight for the gold? I want to know all of it. So there's there's two scenarios there. Op shopping is such a part of my daily routine. Yeah. If I'm you know, if I'm going to an appointment over the other side of the city, then I'll I'll make sure I pop in an op shop there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's we've, we're lucky up here in the hills that there's so many cool op shops. So I'll have my days where I'll visit one and then I'll visit another one. Usually I have at least one of my boys, sometimes all three, with mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. On the rare occasion, then I will get a day, a luxurious day to myself. <laughs> what would that day look like? It would... It would be coffee first. Of course. I started yoga about six months ago, so yeah. sometimes now I'll go to yoga. Yeah, take me through the whole day. This sounds dreamy. Yes, I'm just thinking, <laughs> just thinking about how the whole day would look. So, yeah, definitely the coffee first. Mm-hmm. I would usually have a bit of a plan. So up here, for example, there's sort of maybe five op shops within a small radius yeah um or over the other side of the city you know I know where there's like a small block Mm. so I am that person that goes through every rack Mm. I'll usually go to the kids section first yeah that's a favorite yeah and I think that's when I first started Mum, the Kids in the Wardrobe, I listed a lot of kids' stuff mm. and then it was a bit, a bit even and now I think it's more women's wear. I'll generally always go to the, the kids' section first. I love looking for kids' vintage, mm. especially little girls' vintage dresses. So sweet. That's my guilty little pleasure, I think. I like going on my own so I don't feel any pressure to rush yes especially if I do get this luxurious day to myself mm-hmm. take your time yeah so I can spend I can I'm known to spend quite a few hours in one shop which mm. is not always appealing to other people but <laughs> I think you get like sometimes I feel that pull like oh, I've got to go and look in that shop today or I've got to go and look at that rack um and it it's it's usually worth it I usually find gold yes you do it's 
evidenced all over your Instagram. You do find a lot of good gear. I'm curious when you go, whether it's, you know, this luxurious day to yourself or if you're just popping in quickly to one or two shops here or there, are you typically always looking out for things for your shop or are you looking for things for your own wardrobe and then if you find anything additionally, then that's a bonus? How do you sort of approach it when it comes to sourcing? So I, I like that saying, don't tell the op shop what you want to find, let the op shop tell you or mm-hmm. something like along those lines. So I like to go with no expectations. Yeah. I think that's when you'll find the best stuff. I do think though that my envy of all of the great people who run vintage shops or sell secondhand is that they have a reason to buy the things that they're not necessarily going to wear for themselves because sometimes I find such good things and I just have to leave it behind because I know that it's not for me. Yep, yep. I hear you. Yeah. And that is definitely one of the one of the best things is that I am very fussy with what would make it into my wardrobe because it's yeah. quite very small. Yeah. But I love that I can buy it anyway. Mm. And I think that that's, that's another reason that I started selling some of the vintage that I had because I, I did have quite a lot. I'd collected quite a lot because I don't like leaving amazing yeah. things behind. I, you know, I soon learned that other people were loving this style I could still purchase all these good things and share them with other people. Am I right in thinking that before you started Mum the Kids in the Wardrobe you sold vintage on eBay? Yes yep that's right. How'd you get into that? I'm not really sure how I started I think I just had an eBay account because I'd look through Mm. you know look through different categories I love looking at vintage dresses and then I thought I've got, I've got some stuff that would sell well on there I have in my time found quite a few designer label pieces that are mm. you know worth quite a substantial amount of money so yeah I, I started listing just a few things here and there on eBay I had a couple of little market stalls the practicalities of them with with little ones it can be a bit difficult because the yeah. setup I mean I know I've got friends that do markets every single week and it's just mm. so much effort mm-hmm. yeah it's interesting because obviously just due to lockdowns and different things like that a lot of people have ended up myself included spending a bit more time at home and I'm not much of an online shopper I'm very tactile I love to be in the op shop, rifling through all of the gear, touching the fabrics, trying things on. That's my preferred way to shop. But I've just really recently got into eBay in a big way. Like I'm in some really deep holes (laughs) searching for all sorts of things on eBay (laughs) at the moment and I'm loving it. It's It's so satisfying when you come across the perfect thing and nobody else knows that it's there. It is. Yeah. Mm. eBay is great. Mm. Do you have a source for your shop in other avenues or does it all come from the op shop? Yeah. Yep. So I I use um, eBay and Depop as well. Yeah. Um, And then sometimes Facebook Marketplace, Mm -hmm. friends, Mm. they know the sort of style that I like. So friends and family might pick something up. I've done, I've done a little bit of consignment. So, you know, selling stuff for friends, especially through COVID. So, yeah, I like to keep the options open, I think, mm. but ma- mainly op shops, as you said, that going through the racks. and That's where all the fun is. You know, being able to touch the fabric, see the quality, even the smell. Like some people hate the smell <laughs> of an op. I've got a good close friend that 
can't stand the smell of an op shop, but I love it. <laughs> I was going to say, that's often like a barrier to entry for a lot of people. Can't go op shopping, it smells funny. Yeah, I call it a vintage musty sort of smell. I love that smell. <laughs> <laughs> it's the smell of stories and past lives and all sorts of things. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And even like, you know, finding stuff in pockets. I've had this conversation with a lot of people. You can find the most amazing things in the pockets of clothing it's true I had a little dig through your Instagram and saw you estimate that around 80 percent of your family's wardrobe would be secondhand yeah which is amazing so within that mix can you think of like a top three finds that you've come across at the op shop that have made their way home with you so I've got a black leather bomber jacket. That's my favourite. That's a classic. Yeah. It's a soft, really soft leather. They, a good leather jacket never goes out of style. Mm. What era are we talking? Uh, 90s. Mm. Good one. I've got a dress that I found a few years ago at a, um, a small sort of vintage shop in Sydney. And it's um, Indonesian vintage. It's like a batik. Wow, yeah. It looks sort of tie-dye. It's got like, I love the earthy sort of colours, browns and mustard, and then it's got this black pattern over the top um, and it's cotton and it's mm. just a perfect fit. I've worn it to quite a few pre-COVID music festivals. Oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah. And the other thing I think would be my R.M. Williams boots that I live in. Stop it. In winter. Where did you find those? So I found them at my local op shop, brand new, for $20. Don't even talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous. In your size. Yep. Wow. I'm happy for you and I'm sad that it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> you said that you're not a hoarder. But do you ever have any regret about leaving something behind or is there anything that you have cleared out of your wardrobe that you wish you could have back? Some of the jeans I think I had in the 90s. Mm. I think when I got rid of them at the time, I thought they were a bit naff, but now that trend is back in, <laughs> like the real mum jeans Yeah, you know, with the high waist and the yeah, I don't. It's, I don't really regret though, because I think there's a reason that I got rid of them. Yeah, and hopefully someone is rocking them now. Mm. Mm-hmm. I don't think I have a lot of regret. I feel like it's sort of easy come, easy go. Yeah. Yeah. If you get if you get rid of something, hopefully it's been passed on, and hopefully someone will love it as much as I did at some mm. stage. Mm. I think that's a good perspective to have on it. Have you got anything on yeah. your wish list that you're hoping to find? Yes, I do. I was thinking about this just recently. I would love to find some flares for myself, 70s flares. Mm-hmm. I don't mind what colour, although black would be best, I think. Nice. I'm always looking for the perfect cardigan. I have, mm. at one point, I had quite a lot of cardigans in my wardrobe, and now yeah. I have about eight. But what I would love to find is. A long, I, I, I see the word cotagon, even though it doesn't sound like a natural yes. word to say, but like a yeah. thick, preferably wool or cotton, like something warm in like that rusty colour. Oh, nice. Like how long? Oh, the longer the better. I'm yeah. five foot ten. So, are you? Uh, 
could be fairly long. Yeah. And tell me, when you say flares, there's probably a technically correct answer to this that I don't know. A flare is fitted to a point, right? And then it flares out? Or are you imagining that they're wired all the way through the leg? I'm, I'm thinking flares. I've seen, I look through, I've looked at websites that have the wide leg. Yeah. When I say flares, yeah, I mean the fitted down to sort of calf and then out. Yeah. I remember yeah. making some actually out of an old pair of jeans and getting, um, I think it was something people regularly did in the 90s, and cut out triangles of fabric and then sew it into your jeans. Did you ever do that? No, but that sounds amazing. <laughs> I like a bit of DIY. Why not? Definitely. I've got a massive pile of vintage fabric actually waiting to be turned into amazing things. And what do you turn things into? Oh, well, I've, I've got lots of ideas and um, one day I will learn to sew really well. I'd love to buy a sewing machine. Yeah. I, ne- I nearly did recently. I think I asked for some recommendations in my stories and a few people suggested like a beginner Janome. Oh, yeah. Are they a bit smaller? I think so, yeah. yeah. Even I think I'd start small like scrunchies. Yeah. But yeah, I love the idea of repurposing fabric. That's the best. And sometimes you find such good material in the op shop too. It's such a waste to leave it behind. But then I also think I, I don't have the skill set to turn that into anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to live in hope. So I've got, I've got this fabric <laughs> ready to go. I've, I've got like three massive bags of, you know, white or light coloured cotton and linen pieces for when I start tie-dyeing again. Love that. Now you just need the sewing machine. I do. For anyone who's listening who is new to the world of secondhand, do you have any tips on how to be a pro op shopper? Like what I was saying before, try not to have too many expectations going in. Mm-hmm. Let the things find you. Mm-hmm. You know, go. You, I think you've got to be in a certain mood. Like I love op shopping, but I can go in go in you know I can think no I don't want to be here today you know I can't be bothered I think you've you've got to be in the right mood yeah that's a good one yeah and don't give up like I hear a lot of people say I just don't have the patience Mm. if there's something that you're really searching for then just keep looking yeah got to persevere with it yeah absolutely and you know with this online or Instagram I should say pre-loved and vintage community you can find it out there as well like it doesn't just have to be in an op shop there's so many and it's growing every week um the amount of pre-loved and vintage pages on instagram and you know other places like depop ebay and and then markets like you know there's so many people that do the hard work and curate stuff that it's you know it's making it so much more accessible yeah that's true that's often the first thing i think of if someone says to me that they never find anything if they go op shopping or that they don't have the patience for it is to kind of point them in the direction of some really good online sellers or a market or something like that where yeah it's all all the hard work is done for you You just get to sift through a pile of really really good stuff figure out what you like and what fits and it's as easy as it could be so that might be a good starting point Mm. I reckon Mm. yeah as someone who really prioritises shopping secondhand instead of supporting uh, fast fashion companies and things like that, what do you hope to see the fashion landscape and fashion industry look like in the years to come? I mean, it already is changing because over the past you know, decade, the pre-loved movement 
has just grown. So that's really encouraging. But then on the other side, you know, the amount of fast fashion labels has grown as well. Yeah. There are so many of those labels that are now being more considerate in adopting those sustainable practices. You know, there's mm. a lot of companies that are using recycled fabrics. You know, I think that's a start. Yeah. Um, so I'd like to see that grow. I'd love to see like the big chains like Kmart and Target go back to having stuff made in Australia. You know, nineties Kmart was is so well made. Yeah. And you know, even yesterday I found a Mambo coat for my eldest son that would have been made in the early nineties and it's yeah. just so beautifully made, mm-hmm. such good quality. I think to have more of those labels sourcing and making in Australia, like keeping keeping it here, that's the way to go. And even if things are made overseas, then that you know that needs to be considered as well. You know, using small, ethical, sustainable, sustainably run businesses as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a minefield, really. It is indeed, but I think that there's hope. I think as more and more people start to care and ask the tough questions that businesses, just like you said, they are starting to be more considerate and take this stuff seriously. So hopefully we see more of it. Yeah, and I think the more people that are saying no, companies are going to have to listen. Mm. Cheryl, it has been a joy to get to chat with you. I love seeing what you're doing over on Mum, the Kids and the Wardrobe and all of the fun, beautiful bohemian things that you find. Thank you so much for being a guest on the show and being willing to have a chat. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of Wellborn Pod and a huge thank you to Cheryl for being on the show as a guest today. You can find links to Cheryl's social media pages in the description below. And if you like the podcast, you can follow us on Instagram at wellwornpod and subscribe if you like the show. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.